We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What has given you so much confidence in your shooting? Uh, honestly, my preparation. You know, uh, I always knew I could shoot. You know, misses don't bother me. Just got to keep uh, putting them up and shooting it with confidence. You know, Deuce, you, your, your work ethic has never changed. Whether you go stretches where you don't play, whether you go stretches only played, whether you go down to the G League, it's just the same thing. During all these last two-plus years, um, who's your teammate or your coach that has helped keeping you you know, this kind of drive to keep working and working till you get your opportunity. Oh, man. Uh, Darren Ehrman, Quinn Grimes, you know, really the whole team just, they knew what I could do, you know, it's just opportunities were waiting. I had to go take them. Um, you know, I'm just thankful for the whole organization just believing in me. You know, when I was having my downs, they, they picked me right back up. What about the Perseverance second round draft choice? Armin. <laughs> Nice haircut. I got a haircut yesterday, and I shaved today. So the, uh, you guys know the drill by now. I usually do both at once because I don't like to, I don't like to like trim my beard unless I also get a haircut. Um, and uh, I have time. I only have time to get a haircut like once every month and a half. So, uh, which means like I usually only shave. Actually, no. I'll usually do one shave like in between, and then so I shave probably like every three four weeks. Something like that. Thank you, though. Appreciate it. Dom with another one. Dom, you're a madman, as always. Uh, so that's my nickname for you, is Madman. I was on team number one priority, get a veteran point guard. Well, my allegiances, my alliances, have shifted to back up big after tonight. Give Hardenstein's monster a rest. It's still important to get Brogdon, Trey, Terry, or whoever, but lower priority. I, I'm, I'll respectfully disagree. Um... I the the Brunson injury part scares the shit out of me. And like as I say that as I say that we should also probably be asking ourselves, well, shit, what if I say Hardenstein misses time? Th this is the thing now, man. Like the Knicks have boxed themselves into a corner where they cannot sustain an injury. I mean, Jesus. They can't sustain an injury to, to Bronson. They can't sustain an injury to Hardenstein. Not until Mitch comes back. I know he was incredibly frustrating tonight. They can't really sustain an injury to Julius either. Because they, again, went from four initiators down to two. 
And if Brunson's your only initiator, like I, I, I would much rather prefer, I much prefer that than like what we saw tonight where Julius is the only initiator, but like, still that's putting way too much on Brunson. They can't afford an injury to Julius. Um, is there anybody I'm forgetting? No, I mean, that's, but that's like, that's not great. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't want to be in a situation where if you sustain some kind of like two week or three week injury to any one of three guys, you could be looking at like no wins in that stretch or like one win in that stretch. Like this team, if you think about it, like, yes, Ananobi helps them. And yes, Ananobi is a valuable piece and he makes their defense better and he makes their shooting better because he's still, I know he wasn't great tonight. He's still very good from the corners, but like they lost Mitch. They've lost quickly and they've lost RJ who for as frustrating as he was, was like, again, I, I, I said it, I think the day he was traded and I'll say it again. RJ was an innings eater. He was a fourth starter. He was a guy who would go out and pitch 180 innings or 185 innings to a, to a 4.5 ERA and just take the ball every fifth day, you know? And there was that reliability there. And like, they don't have that anymore in addition to quickly, in addition to Mitch. So this take this team has taken some body blows as it has tried to as it has tried to toe the line, walk tightrope, whatever analogy you want to use, and 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 bring themselves closer to championship contention in the long run, but in the short run, they have made themselves like much more vulnerable. And again, I will just I'll echo what I said before. I don't think they're done. And for as much as we could sit here and be frustrated about no backup big, no no uh, additional playmaker, this team still has a ton of ammunition to go out and get stuff. They have Grimes, and they have these protected picks. And I specifically say Grimes and the protected picks because I don't think for one second they're going to trade any of their own picks or any of their own swap rights because they're saving that. But they don't need to. They don't need to touch that chest. They don't need to touch it because they have enough in the kitty to go out and do what they need to do if they're smart. Now we'll see what the market says and who the market makes available. And if the market makes available someone that you like, you know what? We feel good about this. Like for as much as it was painful to lose quickly in RJ, the OG Ananobi trade made sense. It was a it was a trade that just you knew if they were going to get to the finish line. They needed to get this type of guy. So there, it, it made it easier to pull the trigger. I don't know if there's going to be that sort of player out there before the deadline who they feel as great about in terms of this guy's a great fit. We're comfortable giving up what we have to give up to get him. I don't know if I, and we'll see. And that's going to it's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky. Thank you, Tom. Mango man. What's going on, Mango? I will sleep like a baby tonight. Um, oh, iHeart will sleep like a baby tonight. Sorry. Yes, I'll sleep like a baby tonight. I hope you'll sleep like a baby tonight. I'm sure iHeart will sleep like a baby tonight. Deuce was great, but if you're Flynn, what more can you do to get um, playing time in a game like this one? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for watching. Um, I don't know. Flynn was great. Like I thought he gave them a jolt of energy. I'm, he's He'll probably be my one-star player of the game. After Hardenstein and Deuce. Um, I, I mean, I, th I think 
I think, I think, I think, I think the thinking from Thibodeau was we're just not going to let this Grizzlies team score in the second half. And they didn't. They, they gave up 37 points in the second half. And if we don't let them score, like we'll be able to do enough on offense and and Deuce being out there and like completely disrupting the point of attack in a way that Flynn cannot, you know, and the bet was that they would be able to score enough to make up for it. That was the bet. And look, let's say this, like the bet worked, you know, they like came out, they, they outscored the, the Grizzlies big time in the second half. They were a much better team in the second half, the whole thing. Um, it does not bode well for Flynn's long-term future on the team. I'll say that. Thanks, Mango Man. Dom Cappuccini with another one, the Madman. Congrats, Tibbs, on 500. I can't wait for the extension. We've waited a long time for a long-standing coach. Old heads here know this. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's <laughs> for better or worse, he has been instrumental to establishing the culture. And and I but and listen, but that that swings both ways. Because what do you have here now? You have Tibbs guys. Now, you could say, well, what's a Tibbs guy? Tibbs guy is someone who fucking tries his ass off all the time, um, gives it everything he has, never misses games unless he's like really banged up, you know, practices hard. Um, so like you want that stuff, like you want, you want those sorts of players. Like you want Nova guys. Like we, we like the Villanova guys for a reason. Same reason that Tibbs likes him, but, um, you know, there's. I think there's also a trade-off because he is. He is very set in his ways, and there, there are valid criticisms about his inflexibility, um, on many fronts, and I think I've made it very clear that I think as to to your point, Dom, to your point. I, I I can't look at all of the Hall of Fame coaches that came to this organization and absolutely fell flat on their face and be like, nah, it's not worth it. it wasn't worth it. it it's, the, the trade-off is too much. It's too much to like give over your entire organizational identity to this man who is kind of a lunatic in some ways in how he goes about his business and some of the decisions he makes. I think it's I think it's been worth it, and I'm obviously uh, uh, impartial. I'll always be impartial, uh, probably I, I would assume, but I think it's been worth it. I think the I think the trade off is worth it. Um, so, but that's me. Thanks, Don. Appreciate you. Juanan, what's going on, Juanan? Something tells me Grimes is not long for this team. <laughs> you think? It might not happen by the trade deadline, but I think Deuce is here to stay, but Grimes, I don't expect to see him in Frenchie here past the deadline. The playmaker does not have to be a point guard. I'm so happy you said that. Like, you know who would be great for this team? I don't know why this guy just popped into my head, but like like Nick Batum from like 
I don't know, three years ago, four years ago, like a younger Nick Batum, like someone like that. Um, not again, not that that dude's like running your offense, but just, I mean, the man, the freaking guy. And it's such a shame that he's hurt. Like, you know who this team could use? It's maybe a stretch. Like Lonzo ball would be nice on this team. Now, if Lonzo Ball was healthy, Lonzo Ball would be a starter who the, the Bulls would treat like gold because as the as any Bulls fan will will tell you, when they had Lonzo healthy and in the lineup, they were like the second best team in the East. So I realize it's a it's a it's a silly statement to make. Um but like someone like that, right? Now now Lonzo is a nominal point guard, but he's big. He's big enough he could defend small wings, you know, and um but he's a connector. Like, that's what this team, like, yeah, an initiator, but like, if they got the right connector, I think that would work too. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, the, you know, a lot of people, I love Bogey on Atlanta. Like, that's the guy on Atlanta that I would want. But even him, like, Bogey's not an initiator. You're not, you're not. Like Bogey's perfect guy, a perfect guy playing alongside other stars. Even he's not an initiator, but he's really good. He's really freaking good. I love that dude. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And then there's like, you know, do you want to, you want to go like the Jordan Clarkson or Terry Rozier route? Like that's a, that's a horse of a different color. Like those sorts of guys. Um, now they're they're nominal point guards also, but again they're like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what the market's going to, how the market's going to shake out. Maybe someone shakes loose that surprises us. Uh, but I think if you're, if you're, if you're, the gist of your comment is like, can they get someone in here who, you know, where Deuce can still be a part of the rotation? I think that's absolutely valid. 100%. Thanks, Juno. Who is this guy? Fournier and Sims and firsts for Tyus Jones and Gafford. So we've talked about Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones would be a really good, um, I think, fit on the team. The issue with him is he's an expiring contract, so then it creates a little bit of an issue in terms of uh, continuing to have matching salary on the roster for future trades. Now, Gafford doesn't make nothing. He makes $13 million. Um. And he, he gives you some insurance if if Mitch, the health doesn't go the way you want it or if Hardenstein obviously leaves in free agency. I don't know that they need to go out and get someone the level of a Daniel Gafford with the news that Mitch is looking to come back and they're optimistic that Mitch is going to be back in the regular season. I, I, I say that with trepidation because I'm not sure I believe it. <laughs> um, but it's like a, from a value perspective, I don't think you're there. Like, how many firsts is Washington going to ask for? Because, like, you're taking two good players. Like, those are two quality NBA rotation players. You know, Gafford's better off as a backup. Tyus Jones often said he's back best backup point guard in the NBA. But those are, like, two. One is an elite backup. The other one is a good, solid, maybe a high-end backup. And you're giving them nothing in terms of present player stuff. So, like... I don't know. Does Washington really want to do that for some protected firsts? 
Because I'll tell you again, I'll tell you right now, the Knicks are not giving up any of their own first round picks unless it's this year's first. And then with no with like you know, lottery protected first. And if it doesn't convert, it converts to two seconds, and that's it. That's the only type of pick they're give up of their own. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Matt G, don't want to trade him, but Quentin Grimes in a first for Bogdan. I mean, so the money there doesn't work. Um, I think, uh, let, me, I'm, let me look up how much he makes because I want to say, let me see, I'm going to guess Bogdan Bogdanovich makes 16 a year. Let's see how close I got. Hope I'm not way off. I don't want to be embarrassed. That's a bad job by me. Um, 18.7, but it's a declining contract. So um, he actually makes an average of like closer to 17 a year, 17 and change. So I guess I wasn't that far off. Um, yeah, 18.7, 17.2, 16. And then there's a there's a team option on the final year of that deal for 16.02, which like, you know, Bogdan's not young, but he's not super old either. So it would be it would just it would be Fournier and Grimes for Bogdanovich and maybe you take back a little salary from Atlanta, like one of their one of their uh you know, like a Garrison Matthews or something. Um I I think you probably I mean you said quit Grimes in a first. Man. So it'd be the Bucks pick probably. Probably the Bucks pick. Essentially, Grimes and the Bucks pick for Bogdanovich. That's. Mm. You know, here's the thing about Bogdanovich. Does he answer? Does he answer all of your on-court questions? No, he doesn't. But if you're looking, if like you need to put, uh, compile salary. For a star trade this summer, there is not a team in the league that wouldn't love to have Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's one he's one of those dudes that could play on any team and like be a big part of any team. He's gonna make any team better. He's always gonna look good. Maybe that's the deal. I don't know. Maybe that's the deal. Maybe we'll get some reporting, perhaps, on uh some some 
if maybe the Knicks have had talks with Atlanta. Coming your way this week. We'll see. Thanks, Matt. Yuri Pereira. What's going on, Yuri? Uh, John, if we got to the point of trading Randall, um, I'll get back to that because I don't think that, that there's only one scenario where that's going to be the case. What power forward do you think would fit better with the Knicks? And if keeping Randall improve on shooting guard or backup point guard? Um, they're not trading Randall. Like The only way they trade Randall is if there's a, a superstar player that becomes available this summer and like Randall makes the most sense to be in the trade. You know, like that's the, uh, there's no other. They're not like being like, we need to upgrade at power forward. So we're going to search around and see who we could get that's better than right. Like that's not they they are so they are so far down the road with Randall and we've talked about it so many times it's you, you cannot certain players are worth so much more to their own teams than they are on the market i'm not saying Randall would not garner real offers if they ever put him like on the block so to speak but he's worth more to them he's going to make an all-star team probably like that th th there's you know, you're, you're trading Randall if, like, okay, Joel Embiid says, I want to be a Nick. And, you know, you like, there's a team that's like, all right, well, the Knicks are shaking it up. We could get Julius Randall in here um, for 60 cents on the dollar. Okay, we'll do it. You know, that's the only scenario. But they're not, they're not otherwise, they're not doing it. Thanks, Yuri. Dom with another one. I suppose I'll vote for Randall tonight and tomorrow. <laughs> Hashtag 53 wins. Shout out to Robert. Shout out to Robert Cross. I've been, I've been talking to Robert offline. If anybody's wondering, he's good. Uh, just, you know, taking some time. Thanks, Dom. Your boy, Benz. What's going on, your boy, Benz? Good minutes from Evil Dante Flynn. He is literally Wario DiVincenzo. Um, or... What's the what's the evil Luigi? There's an evil Luigi too, right? I think. I forget. I forget the name, but yeah, Wario works. Um, he was good tonight, man. He's I'll tell you, he's better than DiVincenzo tonight. That's for shit sure. Thanks, you boy. <laughs> the Madman is back with another one. Dom Cappuccini. If Brunson is out the next two, and we could still come away with a win in each, that would be massive. I'll root for that with or without. Uh, JB, but damn, with the way they've been playing the last two, I don't know. We'll see. I I do not trust. I, I mean, I said it in the Substack chat at the start of the game. Like people, I asked, I asked the chat. I was like, "Do you think they should sit Brunson, or do you think that you should play him?" And I wrote, "I'm like, I just have no faith in this team's ability to generate offense." Without him. And like it, it was frightening tonight. That first half was disgusting. Now, the next two games are against Orlando and Houston at home, you know, but Orlando and Houston. Orlando's a, a really good defense. Orlando's been playing really good ball. Like Palo Bancaro is making his all star, is making his all star bid. And like Houston, man, I know Houston got killed by Boston tonight, but that's no shame in that. A lot of teams get killed by Boston. Houston's been playing pretty good. I mean, they're a good team. Orlando's a good team. There's two good teams. I don't want to think about Jalen Brunson missing these games because they can absolutely lose both. 100% they could lose both. But I I don't want to think about that. Let's hope he plays. Thank you, though. Azu, it's kind of concerning how this team looks without Jalen Brunson, you think? It's a wee, a wee bit. A wee bit. 
<laughs> oh man. Okay, we're we're getting close to the end here. Thanks, Hush. Jazzo focused. Uh, people were quick to scapegoat our flaws on players that went out. Were they really? I think we have two games of evidence that the Knicks are a top tier defense with a motivated thirty. Um. Um. Okay. So let's take a step back. So the last game they played before this one against Dallas was a terrible defensive game. They did not bring it defensively in the first half. They improved as the game went on, but it was too little too late. Um, I feel like there's two different comments there. Like the first part of like people scapegoating our flaws on players that went out. I don't think anybody used quickly to scapegoat anything. I think quickly everybody universally viewed him as part of the solution. I think people viewed Barrett as not a great fit in the starting lineup when the starting lineup is like whole and together. And I have seen nothing to nothing to disagree with that statement i i think i don't know are you focused more on the the defense because like they like they got a lot better bringing in og and sending out rj on defense like that really did solidify their defense i'm assuming that's what you're talking about because then now you're you're saying about the the knicks are a top tier defense with a motivated 30 what does that even mean like, I'm not criticizing you, but like with a motivated 30, the fact that we have to sit here and qualify like, oh, if Julius Randle's motivated tonight, that Knicks are a top tier defense. Like that's such that's such a bullshit thing and very annoying. And uh, I'm not blaming I'm certainly not blaming anybody for saying that. I'm, I don't even know if I'm blaming Randall, but like it's just it's it's, it's, a, it's annoying qualifier. But they, they, I think they're a good defense. They're a good defense. Thanks, Joe. With another one, because unmotivated Randall makes us so bad defensively. It's like. It's I think tonight. The Grizzlies push the pace. And. Transition defense is something that like you're either committing to as a team or you're not. And the Knicks did not come out of the gate committing to transition defense. That was not only on Randall. I think that was on everybody. I thought other than Randall in the half court, I thought they were fine. Randall in the half court, like, yeah, it was bad. But like one guy in the half court is not. Like can only bring your down your defense down so much. Now, he really does. Like there was what, what was the uh, it was someone in the corner. I forget if it was Zaire Williams or maybe it was the GG kid but they had a wide open corner three and like Randall was there. He could have contested and he just didn't. And the guy put up a three and of course it went in. And there was a, like, there was the moment, I think it was in the third quarter where uh, Randall just didn't like completely just didn't box out and somebody got an, a put back dunk. I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. Thanks, John. Jay vertical. What's going on, Jay? What's up, John? Deuce is a guy. This guy. I knew it the moment he stepped onto the court in game three versus the Cavs and gave Spy to hell. He is what you want in an eleventh man. Let's go next. I I I think that I think it's a really interesting discussion about whether Deuce is a rotation player on a good team. Because he plays he defends his his defense is is so good. And he's he's somewhat switchable. But you want him at the point of attack, right? You you want him at the point of attack. And like it's honestly a different version of the OB conversation because 
there is a world where Obi Toppin is a player that you want playing 20 to 25 minutes a night, I think, on your team. Now, having said that, having said that, like he went to his ideal basketball situation. He went to his basketball nirvana and he lost his starting job there. And he's now coming off the bench. He's, he's played well. He's been awesome. I saw he, I think he was perfect from the field the other night. Or maybe t- I forget the last game they played. He was perfect from the field. He's been playing great, but at the same time, there was enough. There was enough there for for Carlisle to take him out of the starting five. Now maybe that's a fit thing, but whatever. My point is that when you have imperfect role players, to like bend your roster building around their skill set, it's like they're role players. So. You're not gonna. You might bend a little bit. You're not gonna bend that far. So, like, was it ever a perfect situation for Obi here in New York? No, but he doesn't. Have, he doesn't have the talent to warrant that. With Deuce, he's a guy who's the size of a point guard who doesn't really have typical point guard skills. So, how much are you going to bend over backwards to accommodate what he can bring? Which, again, like Obi, was very valuable. I, it, it depends. I, you know, it, again, I think I think Juanon kind of hit it on the head before when he's like, you don't need to get an initiator at the point of att- at the at the point guard position. Um, it's tricky, 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 tricky. Thanks, Jay Vertical. Appreciate you. Truly, madman stuff, Dom. Madman stuff. Thank you. How about an unserious team stat? The majority of the turnovers from the team came from the starting lineup um, for a while. uh, Jalen Brunson is averaging a career high and has had a few four-plus turnover nights. We were in the top 10, now 18th. How can they fix this? Um, How can they fix this? It's a great question. Are they 18th in turnover rate, really? I think Brunson has had some uncharacteristically off games. I am not worried about Jalen Brunson in terms of uh, his turnover rate. Um, I'm going to look it up right now because I feel like his his turnovers might be up a little. I don't think that they're up. I could be wrong. I don't think they're up a ton, but I, I got it right now. Hold on. I know this is scintillating, scintillating podcasting here. Yeah. Brunson last year, 9.4 turnover percentage. Brunson this year, 9.7 turnover percentage. So he's, he's turning it over the same as last year. I mean, I know the the bad games have been like very bad. He's also had a lot of great games turnover-wise. Um, as far as turnover percentage as a team, I think losing quickly and RJ hurt because like they had kind of a dependable system that they ran um and now they kind of need to readjust on the fly it's definitely been an issue um you know it's but it's like adjusting to og and i think that's part of it too oh i'm just looking at their their turnover rate over the last since they got Ananobi. So their turnover rate, this is not including tonight, which obviously this is going to make the number go up a lot. So their their turnover rate uh, in the six games before tonight was, why don't I have this? 
Um, twelve percent. This is this is coming into tonight. Their turnover rate in the six OG and OB games was twelve percent. Their turnover rate in the previous thirty-two games was eleven percent. So it went up one percent. Obviously, after tonight, that twelve percent is probably going to go up to like thirteen percent or fourteen percent. Um, but to your point, it is a lot in the starting lineup, and I think that's just I I want to say that's adjusting to a new player. You know, um, until further notice, I'm going to go with that. And I'm not going to get worried about it. Not yet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Dom with another oh my God, Dom with another one. I get that Randall's generally the main culprit on the turnover department, but from uh, from my view, it has looked a lot more like a team effort this year. The team is passing better, but not protecting it nearly as well as previous seasons. And I think Dom, you have uh, one more if if uh, APJP is correct here. So I'll get to that one, then I'll address this one. Um, yeah, uh, get well soon, Jalen Brunson. I just got his jersey today. Get back and go punch Orlando in the face repeatedly <laughs> on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. <laughs> Good night, all. Dom, I, I really, truly can't thank you for the generosity, man. Um, I know I say a lot. I don't say it enough. Thank you. Um, it means a lot to us here, tr- truly. So the Knicks in turnover rate, here's where they've been under Tibbs because that's really all that matters. So this season... In turnover rate, they're 15th in the league. Last season, they were 5th, so that's really good. Season before that, they were 12th. Season before that, Tibbs' first season, they were 14th. Here are the turnover rates, and again, uh, this number will, the the number for this year is going to go up, obviously, after tonight, but first year under Tibbs, 13.5%. Th- uh, next year, 13.7%. Last year, 13.1%. This year, so far, before tonight, 13.6%. I think it's kind of been consistent. I think the 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 fact that we're talking about a difference of like less than a percent. Um, and the, by the way, if anybody's wondering why the turnover numbers I read before are different from the turnover numbers I just read now, I was looking at a basketball reference before for those other turnover numbers. I'm looking at uh, cleaning the glass for these turnover numbers. Just easier to find. Um, I think it's close enough where uh, it's like, you know, it's a little bit of fluctuation. I j- again, I think they just need to get used to each other in the starting five and the new rotation. And no, and no quickly, too. So, yeah. Thank you, Dom. Jonathan Hernandez, as we are getting close to the end here, OG definitely helps on D, but trading two creative creators for like half of one feels flawed and having to pay him crazy money while paying heart doesn't feel great. Hashtag Miss IQ RJ. It's the question that will define this trade. They here, I think the way to look at this is OG Ananobi getting OG Ananobi is the sort of trade you make that's the final piece to the puzzle. 
um, think think Aaron Gordon to to Denver. Um, that's the first one that comes to my mind. Um, I'm trying to think of like another decent example, and of course I'm struggling. But like that's okay. That's that, let's go with that. That's I think that's a good example. It's it's the best example because it helped them win a championship. Like they they had Murray in place, they had Jokic in place. Um, they had Michael Porter Jr. in place, you know, and they needed that one more piece, the final piece to complete the puzzle, put it all together and make it all work. And that was Aaron Gordon. I think OJ Ananobi is the piece that is going to tie it all together, except they don't the pieces that he's going to tie all together are not all here yet. And the question is like, you know, how many of the core pieces that are still here. So basically Bronson and Randall are still going to be here by the end. But like, again, I, I look, I, I get what those guys do and quickly is going to look so good in Toronto. He already has looked really good. He's going to continue to look good. RJ until his last game looked really good. It's apples to oranges, and what Ananobi brings, it's just an incredibly valuable skill set. If you're trying to win a championship, if you're trying to win a championship, what he brings, like, you know why they're going to pay him so much money? Because if they don't, somebody else will, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And that kind of tells you all you need to know. So, yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. Myth- Mythic Monty with it started off with Mythic Monty. We're finishing up with Mythic Monty. Uh, Brogdon, Deuce, Grimes, Hart, OG, small ball lineup. I've, you know, it's funny you say that. I've thought a few times, like, I wonder if he'd go with OG at center. Like, OG at center is f- so much more interesting to me than Randall at center because OG could actually protect the rim. I think, what do you have, four blocks tonight? You know? Now, <laughs> I know I know. Josh Hart does not want to play the four, uh, so he's not going to be thrilled with that, but, like, whatever. Um, obviously, you're saying Brogdon. We don't even have Brogdon yet. So, But, like, just the concept of OG playing as a backup five, I, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. I, I, I don't know if they have the personnel to do it right now. Um, I tell you, is it crazy that I wouldn't mind seeing that with Brunson and forget the Brogdon part of it? How about we see that with Deuce and Brunt and Jalen Brunson? Is that crazy? I don't think so. Again, it like not just as a theoretical exercise. Are there are there teams out there that they would be able to run out Brunson and Deuce? And then you want to throw Hart at the three, OG at the five, and yeah, I guess it would be Grimes for as long as he's here. Um, yeah, that could work. That'd be fun. Thanks, Mythic Monty. Nice idea. And then Armand with another one, Armand Birdnage, Birdnage, excuse me. You think they will do a heart type thing with OG where he opts in to give the Knicks flexibility and then signs a big deal. Also evil Dante has reached Han. He liked my evil Dante tweet. Awesome. Glad for you. Um, No, 
Um, here's the thing. They can OG and Obi could extend. Like there's a I forget there's a date before he could there's an extension he could sign right now, and then there's a different extension that he could sign for more years uh, at some point, like immediately before free agent starts, free agency starts. He's not going to do either of those things because the max, the max annual salary he could get by opting in to the final year of his of his deal is a certain like the raise would be a certain amount over that. Um, I th- I think that's how this works. I'm I'm always I'm I'm not great with the team option stuff or the player option stuff, and like how that works in terms of extending off that number. The point is like. There's no universe where OG Ananobi is going to play his on that number because he just that would be leaving so much money on the table. I'm fairly certain I have it right with like him only being able to to get a certain amount over that number if he ever opted in. For, pretty sure. Um, I'll I'll double check that, but he's just he's not going to do it. Like Josh Hart did it because Josh Hart got arguably above his market value. Like when you when all was said and done, like Josh, like no one else was giving Josh Hart what the Knicks ended up giving Josh Hart. Like, there's there's a team down in Philly, who if the Knicks went to OJ and, and again they're not going to do this for this reason. If the Knicks ever went to OJ and OB, we were like, you know what? Why don't you think we let's talk about maybe you could opt in to next year and then we'll just give you a raise off that number. You know how quickly OJ and OB would walk the fuck out of Leon Rose's offense office and walked right down to. Maybe not walk, but whatever. Take take the Amtrak. What goes what what goes to Philly? I don't even know. Take something down to Philly and get a blank check from Daryl Morey. You know how fast he would do that? Like they're they're not gonna fuck around with him. Thanks, Armin. And with another one. Um, I hope thank you again, Armin. I hope that the OG trade isn't the Chandler trade again. Trade for the final piece when you weren't a final piece away. Um I mean, they got pretty close. That team was good. That team was really good. I know there's a lot of people who would love to see them go go up against that Heat team. And also, like, there was a world where that team could have... We don't have to go back and relive old, old times again. But, like, that regime made errors. They made team-building errors. We know what they are. They fucked up like not in a way where it's like "Ah, everybody fucks up sometimes like they fucked up a couple times. And again, I'm not going back and reliving history, but the Chandler trade. The Chandler trade wasn't the problem. It was not. So, yeah, I'm not I'm if if this turns out as well as the Tyson, I'll say this. If this turns out as well as the Tyson Chandler trade turned out for them who came here and won a defense player of the year award and was an all star. And was like a really good Nick. I know they didn't win a championship, but that I think they'd sign for that. Thanks, Armin. All right, that is it. Only, only in 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 New York. Saturday night, awful game, terrible game. Football on the whole thing, and here it is. It's quarter twelve, and I'm just now finishing up. Thank you, everybody who contributed tonight. Um, you know, love doing this. Did this when just doing on on what is it uh periscopes and uh just getting a bunch of heart emojis and whatever 
um the fact that that you guys make this uh so that you know it, it makes it easier for us to, to to do do it and take the time to do it um appreciate it so thank you to everybody who contributed watched uh you know like the video the whole thing um and we will be back uh I'm recording with jeremy by the time you hear this like i will probably have recorded because we're recording sunday morning and um yeah that's it got the win that's all that matters right peace out